Amen. As we stand for the reading of God's holy word, to those of you that are joining us in worship by way of radio and by way of the internet, we thank God so very much for you. This is the sixth message in a 12-message series that is entitled, A Right Now Word. Our assignment in this series was to choose 12 of the 38 parables that are given by Jesus in the Gospels and to highlight them throughout these summer months. And so this is the six of 12 parables that we will share with you. There is power in God's word. How many of you love God's word? Has anyone been blessed by God's word? Hear what the word says. Our text this morning is found in St. Mark chapter 4. Verses 3 to verse 9, the New International Version. Let us read it again into your understanding. You heard it early in the service. It is worth reading again. Verse 3 says, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choke the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. Somebody help me say good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Catch the hands of someone standing next to you as we bless them with the subject for this message on today. This sixth message in the series that is entitled, A Right Now Word. Squeeze someone's hands, look at them, and say, the soil does matter. Amen. That's the message. The soil does matter. You may be seated. I said to the church this morning, to all of my farmers, to all of the try-to-be farmers, to all of the gardeners, everyone who loves planting, if there's one thing you know, and that is this, the soil does matter. Amen. Listen, one of the questions that I sometimes get asked, and I have, in fact, often been asked this question, and that is, how can a group of people who sit under the same word Y'all have got to help me preach this. Look at somebody and say the same word. At the same time, 
tell somebody at the same time. And some receive that word, they apply it, and as a result, their lives are blessed and transformed by the power of that word. While, unfortunately, others do not receive the word, they never do apply it. And as a result, nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing seems to change in their lives. They are as sinful, as cranky, as mean, as sometimey, as miserable, as what they've always been. How does that work? How do you sit under so much word and still go out with a bad attitude? How do you sit under the power of the word and you still go out hating people, trying to destroy people? Well, I, I, I've had to struggle with that because as, as a minister, as a pastor, as a proclaimer of the word, some, some, sometimes we, we own it. We take responsibility in times in which we really shouldn't. And we sometimes think, well, if I just would have preached better, mother, I would have preached a little harder. If, if, if perhaps I would have found just a better way of, of, of presenting that word, maybe their lives would have been changed. Maybe something would have. I used to think as a young preacher that I can preach people saved. I used to think that. I, I can, even, even in my own family, when my sons were struggling, one particular, my youngest son was struggling out there in society. I used to think, just, just come to church, son. And when he showed up, God said, now you got to preach hard this Sunday because this is the Sunday where you can get Antoine saved. What I discovered is that I could never get him saved. And here's what God reminds us. The problem is not the word. The problem is not how the word is delivered. Come on, somebody. You can hoop and holler and stretch and slob and spit all you want. But all you have sometimes at the church are wet devils that you spit on. And nothing changes in their life. Amen. So, and, and then I really came to the conclusion, the problem is not who is delivering the word. And that is so important in this age of, of super mega egos and super mega churches and people that are shooting for fame. And we so readily follow people with visibility and fame as if they are the difference. I've come to realize it, that it really doesn't matter who's up here on Sunday. And as great as Satan wants you to think your pastor is, the truth of the matter is, I am just like anybody else, but by the grace of God, I could be somewhere on Skid Row. So God reminds us all the time that it doesn't really matter who's proclaiming. Because I know everybody has their favorite preacher and they like, and I know folk, particularly on Tuesday nights, they'll call and say, is Pastor Jackson going to be there tonight? 
and, but the truth of the matter is I don't care if I don't ever show up on a Tuesday night. If somebody takes this pulpit even with a stammering, stammering tongue and they just read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the word. Tell somebody it is the word. And what God has convinced all of us is that it's not the preacher or how that preacher may deliver the word, but it is the condition of one's heart and one's attitude as the word comes forth. The soil that the word is planted in does matter. Now you can preach yourself sick and and, and some folk won't ever get it. Why? Because they don't have the right soil. Their, their heart and their attitude isn't right for the word of God. And then some people can come in so ready for transformation. And they're so hungry for the word of God. And you don't even have to say nothing. There have been times when I just read the scripture. And some people began to shout and say hallelujah. And I said, oh, I'm in the right place now. Because folk love the word. Look at somebody and say, let the word do the work. But the word will do the work. And it matters greatly about your attitude and about your heart as the word goes out. In order to understand this, allow us to transition to the text. And as we turn to our text, let us examine what Jesus says concerning the word. And what he says concerning the importance of the soil in which the word is planted. Listen to this parable. In this most powerful and profound parable, Jesus tells a story to his disciples and to his followers of a farmer or a sower who sows doing seeds, sows seeds during the season of planting. Now, let me paint a picture to you because they didn't have the tractors that would go and plow up the ground and you drop the seed in the hole of the ground and you cover it up. But the sower usually had a bag across his shoulders and he had seeds in the bag. And he would take a handful of seeds in his hand and he would then sow the seeds into the dirt and he would sow the seeds on the ground. And in this most powerful parable, Jesus wanted his followers to know that, 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 that it matters where the seed falls. It matters the soil that the seed happens to land on. And in the text, Jesus says that the seeds ended up in four different kinds of soil which resulted in four different and distinct outcomes. Let us hear what Jesus says in the text as it relates to each type of soil and the outcome of the seeds that were sown on those soils. Number one, he tells us in the text that the first type of soil is what I refer to as the heart soil. Look at somebody and say the heart soil. Uh, the New International Version refers to this surface as the pathway. 
Uh, the New King James calls it the wayside. The Message Bible says it is the roadside. Again, picture this with me. Sower reaches in his bag, sows seeds. Some fall on the pathway. Some falls on the wayside. Some seeds fall on the roadside. And because that surface is so hard, seeds could not penetrate or germinate. In other words, they, they can't produce anything because the surface is hard. They can't make a difference because your head is, I mean the surface is hard. And it's hard to get a change when you got a hard head, I mean a hard surface. It's really hard to make a difference when it bounces off the surface that it lands on. It's hard when you come to church, man. And you come with an attitude. And you come, they better not touch me today. I ain't touching nobody. Ain't got to do all that. All them germs going around in this church. Uh, I ain't touching nobody. Y'all know people like that, don't you? Sit by me every Sunday. I'm sitting up like this, sucking on a lemon. That, something always wrong. Problems everywhere. Their hearts are so hard. That the, that, that the seeds go out and it bounces off a nasty attitude. Preach Pastor Jackson. And it bounces off somebody that comes in with an awful disposition. And you wonder, who made you mad last night? Good God Almighty. You ought to at least leave it on the outside of the door. When you walk into the sanctuary, there ought to be an attitude adjustment to tell the devil, you bothered me all the way to church, but I refuse to take you with me in church. I know everybody goes through something. Pastor, you don't know what I got to put up with. Yeah, I do. I know we all got to put up with something, but good God Almighty, don't let the devil get all the glory. If, if, if the devil not only controls what you do on your job and controls how you act at home and then he messes with you at church, then the devil controls every aspect of your life. But I showed up this morning to declare and decree you get no glory in this place. Because the surface is so hard, seeds will never penetrate. It will never germinate. And listen to what the text says. Therefore, the birds of the air came and ate them, took them away. Jesus did not. They, there are certain parables that Jesus leads up to their own interpretation. But what I love about this parable, Deacon Lumpkin, is that Jesus does not leave it up to anyone's interpretation. He later interprets the parable for them. So he goes down in verse 15 and says uh, that, that there are some people, because their hearts are so hard, 
because they have such bad attitudes that even when they hear the word, the word cannot penetrate, cannot germinate, and the word is just laying on a hard surface. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 15. Therefore, Satan, the prince of the air, Satan like the birds, the prince of the air, Satan see your attitude and swoops in and say, this is a good time for me to mess up their life. Because they sit up in church with an attitude, this is a good time for me to bring them some even more trouble. And the devil comes in as soon as the word bounces off your hard heart, your hard head, your nasty attitude. And the devil takes the seed away and you wonder why you can't ever get a breakthrough. Nothing has ever penetrated that nasty attitude of yours. Come on, son. And even times when you don't feel like it you ought to still give God a praise because sometimes you remind the devil that although I may be going through hard times my heart is not hard don't you mistake the hard times I'm going through with a hard heart my times may be hard but my heart is not can I preach to somebody is there anybody in here know how to praise God broke and sick. Listen, I've had some people come up to me mad at God. Deacon Clarence, you and Sister Smith, my heart goes out for you all because you all are so faithful. I've had some people because God did not heal their loved ones, got angry at God and stop coming to church and, and they close their hearts to the will of God in their life and although the word was coming forth but because they were so angry at God the word could not penetrate and the devil said let me come in and make your life even more miserable if you think it's miserable now wait until you cannot get a prayer through Wait until you have messed up your relationship with God so much that when you need him, you are too angry to fall on your knees. But thanks be to God who refused to allow the prince of the air to come in and steal your seed. And some people in here who've been through hell and high waters, who've had some hard times just in the year 2016, still know how to open your heart to a praise of God. Somebody declare and decree I will still praise God I will still bless God I know it hasn't always gone the way you desire it to go but God still gets the glory and even if God did not heal their body to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord I need to suggest something to you touch your neighbor and say neighbor no matter what you're going through, find a way to praise God. Find something to thank God for. No matter how tough it is, find something to thank God for. Thank God for the memories God left you. 
thank God for the good times you had to death and tell the devil you will not have any place in this relationship because to God be the glory. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Anybody know how to trust God in hard times? Come on, don't fool me now. Anybody know how to praise God during hard times? Let me see the hands of those of you who've been through something just in the last 12 months, but you still have a praise. Tell your neighbor you are sitting by somebody whose circumstances did not change my praise. My situation did not change my praise. You are still sitting by a praiser because the word said, I will bless him. I will praise him. Make the devil mad and clap your hands like you've never clapped them before. Come on, somebody. Come on. Woo. Look at somebody and say, don't let the devil steal your seed. Woo! Because if the devil takes it, there could not be a harvest without a seed. May I move on? Second soil that Jesus identifies in the parable is what I refer to as the shallow soil. And we will go through all of these on Tuesday again. The shallow soil. Look at somebody and say the shallow soil. Now, note the difference. The hard soil, the seeds never penetrated and never germinated and never materialized into anything. But the shallow soil is also referred to in the translation as a rocky place. A place where there wasn't much soil. The New Living Translation says that it did not have deep roots because if the soil isn't deep, the roots won't be deep. Somebody will catch it in the parking lot. You can't ever expect to pray your way through it when you aren't grounded in something deeper than your circumstances. Now here is the difference. On the hard soil, the seed never penetrated and nothing came of it. Although on this shallow soil, here's what the Bible says, it did spring up quickly, but it did not last. Tell somebody, it may come quickly, but it will not last. Because you are on shallow ground, you may have joy for a moment, but because you aren't rooted in something greater than your circumstances, it will not last. There are folk that are last as long as the times are good. But when the circumstances in your life change, people begin to act different. Thank God for people who know how to be rooted and grounded beyond their circumstances. Here is what Jesus says. 
as soon as the hot sun came up, it scorched the tender plant that came up soon, came up through shallow soil, and the heat withered it away. Come on and testify for me, David. David said, don't you get jealous of evildoers. Don't you become envious of the wicked. For I saw the wicked grow and spread like a green bay tree. But then I looked again, and they had withered and fallen away. Don't you get jealous of people who seem to have some temporary joy. And they seem to be all right for a moment. But just test them after the sun comes up. Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I love God so much. I am on fire for the Lord. I said, how long have you been walking with the Lord? Six whole months. I said, come back and see me next year this time. When it has been 18 months, and when the newness wear off, and when you've got to look some demons in the face, and when folk you thought were your friends ended up not being your friends, and when folk began to treat you strange, come back and see me there, because I need to know if your roots are deep enough to withstand some hardship and some heartaches because the Bible says a man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Tell your neighbor trouble will come. The question is will you last? When the trouble come, can you last? Can you take a licking and keep on ticking? I, I admire young people. Lost and Gloria, all these young people, I love them so much. And, and they all, they got, they got some great answers. <laughs> they can tell me, Pastor, you need to do this, and I love them to death. Even my sons, they got, they've got 20 recommendations for 2,000 problems. And I say, son, just be around a little longer, because I used to be like you. Am I right, Deacon Lumpkin? I used to think I had all the answers, and my daddy was too slow and did not catch on until daddy said, son, just live a little while. And then I grew up, and I had my own bills, and I had to pay a mortgage, and every month, SCNG sent me something in the mail. And it went up every month, especially during summer months. And then I realized well, maybe daddy ain't that slow after all. Maybe I need to live my life and have the devil beat on me. And then I realize if you can stand the sun, if you can stand the heat and still praise God. And after I went through what I went through and after my car almost got possessed, yes, it did. I had to sell it before they possessed it. Repossessed it. My wife can testify. They send me a notice and you are three months behind. I said, baby, I love my car. I 
had it when I was single. I was cool. I had a white MGB convertible. I loved it. I was the cool man on campus. But when I got married and had to feed two kids and had to do that, I couldn't afford it anymore. So I said, let me sell it before they repossess it. And I had to drive an orange Volkswagen with no air condition that belonged to my uncle. But I realized that my joy was not in what I was driving, but who was driving me. Can I preach? Should I preach? When you are shallow, you can't take stuff. Preach, pastor. When you are shallow, church folk get on your nerve. Folk will almost steal your joy. Woo! But here's what the Bible says. Jesus goes on to say it sprung up in a short time. But when they encounter trouble, persecution, they quickly faded away. And then the third soil was the thorny soil. These seeds fell among thorns. As the Message Bible says, they fell among weeds. I'm going somewhere. Look at your neighbor, say, be careful where you plant your seed. Ah, uh, weeds. Now the difference is they will penetrate and germinate as long as they're in the ground. But the moment the crop breaks the ground, the weeds are waiting on them. Some of you have surrounded yourself with people who are nothing but thorns and weeds. I'm preaching to somebody. And they're all right as long as there is no fruit in your life, as long as there's no crop in your life. But the moment you start doing all right, here comes the weeds to strangle you and to choke you and try to get you to be like them because misery loves company. You've got to be concerned that the weeds overtake the good crop. And the Bible said the weeds sprinkled them out and they never mature to what they could be. Here is how Jesus explains the weeds in verses 18 and 19. Jesus says the thorny soil, the weeds, represented three things. He says these are they who hear the word. But, number one, look at what it says. The verses on the board will hear this. It says, the worries of this life. Verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, be careful because the weeds represent the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and they choke the word. Woo! Preach Pastor Jackson, you are so concerned about your next outfit. You are co so concerned about what's going on in life in which it chokes out the word, makes it unfruitful. 
Why? Because the weeds have choked. Any of you that have a garden, that's why you got to go weed it and weed it out. My daddy used to have a garden in Taylor's. We were young. He would take us up there, Chip, and I hated it because our job was to weed it out. And I said, Daddy, we got to do all this just to get some tomatoes and cucumbers. And he said, Son, if you want a good crop, you can't let the weeds overtake the garden. And if you are not strong in weeding stuff out, it will choke off your crop. Can I get a witness? Look at your name and say, you've got to weed some things out of your life. Why do you keep going back to that same destructive relationship? How many times does it take for you to understand he ain't going to ever love you? If he didn't love you last year this time, what, you, what makes you think he loves you now? Preach, Pastor Jackson. How many licks side your head you got to take before you realize I got to get out of here? That this thing will choke off any anointing I have. How many lies do people have to tell you? How many times do they have to choke off your anointing? And you wonder, why can't I handle things? It's because the weeds have overtaken the crop. And the weeds are stronger than the crop, and they can't break it through. And the only way you can get to the crop is you got to destroy the weeds. Some folk you need to excommunicate out of your life. Come on, some folk you've got to weed out of your life. Baby, you are better off doing it by yourself. Watch out for the weeds. Tell somebody it will steal your joy. It will choke off everything in your life. And you wonder why can't I feel the way I feel? Because you are surrounded by negativity. You are surrounded and you pride yourself in the fact that you don't drink and smoke like your friends. But if you hang with them all day long, come on somebody. Uh, either you're going to change them or they're going to change you. And if they're still drinking and smoking, that means you ain't changing them. If they're still cussing and swearing and hating and doing all, that means you're, you got to change that. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, weed it out. You need to change folk that you are around. Your soil is full of weeds. There has to be transformation. And then finally, the Lord says, the fourth kind of soil is the good soil. Somebody say the good soil. Seed fell on good soil. The New Living Translation says fertile soil. This good soil produced a good crop. Ooh, if you want to know why some people can take it and still have joy, because their word is on some good soil. Good soil is deep soil. It takes a crop a little longer to materialize when the soil is good and deep. You may have had folk that started out before you, and they may be doing good for a moment, but they will not last. But if you are rooted and grounded in the word of God, if your roots are wrapped around a rock, 
it's going to be all right. See, the roots that are in the good soil go deep. And the roots are wrapped around something that's stronger than them. And so when the wind blows and the storm comes, uh, the crop still stands because it's rounded and rooted around the rock which is called Jesus. My hope is built on nothing else than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Look at somebody and say, I dare not trust the sweetest fame, but holy, lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock. I stand when you are in good soil. It may take a while, but it'll last. You can take a licking and you will still be praising God. You can lose some friends, but you'll still give God the glory. You can lose your money. You can even get laid off your job. And folk look at you and say, why do you still have joy? Because your joy is rooted in something greater than what you're going through. Somebody shout, good soil. Here's what Jesus says. Not only does it produce good crop, but that crop multiplies. Woo! Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And so I would say to you, don't get jealous when you see God blessing folk who have been rooted in good soil all their life. Don't get jealous. Pastor Lawson and Pat says, oh, we paid off all of our bills, and to God be the glory. You don't know the 30, 40 plus years they've been rooted in good soil. Don't get jealous when Deacon Lumpkin and Deacon Smith and others can lose daughters and still sit on the front row and give God some praise. Why? Because they're rooted in good soil. Touch your neighbor, grab the neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, what kind of soil is your seed on? Question is that if you're rooted and grounded, in the Lord, then everything is going to be all right. How many of you know that God is good all the time? And all the time, God is good. I need all my praisers just to stand to your feet and clap your hand and say, I'm going to make it because I'm rooted in some good soil. Come on, come on, cross the aisles and give somebody a Holy Ghost hug and say, you can make it if you root it in good soil, something good is about to happen. It doesn't happen overnight, but when it comes forth, when it comes forth, God will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or think. Clap those hands and give God some praise. Listen, here's what Jesus says. Jesus explains that the good soil, as you stand to your feet, here's what the message Bible says. It produced a harvest that even exceeded, listen to this, the sower's wildest dreams. Good God Almighty, God can allow you to produce a harvest that will exceed 
your wildest dreams. Tell me what God can do. When you pray that God save your children, that God not only save them, but anoint them and use them. When you pray that God gives you what's necessary to pay your bills, and God not only gives you enough to pay your bills, but to pay off your debt and still celebrate the good. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody, right? When you pray that God just give you the patience to make it, God not only allows you to make it, but God gives you the joy to praise him while you are making it. Tell somebody he will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can even ask or think. Good Sawyer. Here's the question. Where are you right now? Where's your seed right now? Coming to church is not enough. The question is, Lord, I need you to do something right now. How many of you have been struggling just to fade away after a while? I'm tired of this, Lord. I need to be rooted, need to be grounded in something greater than myself. Close those eyes, everybody. You can't be ashamed of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power unto salvation and to everyone that believes and to everyone that receives. Listen, everybody eyes are closed. This is going to be a demonstration of faith. And there's somebody in here right now, even before we open this altar, and you say, I am tired of being on soil that is not sufficient for what God wants to do in my life. I'm tired of being surrounded by weeds. I'm tired of being on shallow ground. I'm tired of being on a hard surface. And I need God to do something supernatural. You walk down those aisles right now where you are. That person that wants God to do something supernatural right now. God says it takes supernatural faith for you to come. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Ooh, here I am, Lord. I need you to do something that only God can do. Coming to church is not enough. Coming to church, not allowing the word to penetrate. Come on, Zion. Look at what God is doing. Come on. By the way, clap your hands. Please put the cameras on them. Put the cameras on the altar. As they come to the altar right now. Aren't you tired of being choked off by the cares of this world? Aren't you tired of having other people's problems dictate your life? God says if you're rooted and grounded in something greater than yourself, you can withstand hell and high waters. Ooh, tell somebody you can make it. Tell them it's going to be all right. Somebody else that just, here I am, Lord. I, I need to commit to something greater than myself. 
Because you know that coming to church is just not enough. You need God to do something even greater. Thank you, young man and others. Come on, walk down the aisles. Thank you. God, I've been through something, but it's going to be all right. Come on, somebody tell God it's going to be all right. Thank you, man. Love you, brother. Somebody else, wherever you are, it's time to plant your seed in something greater. Yeah, come on. I'm not ashamed. Thank you. Somebody else, thank you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Others are coming right now. Yes, come on. Thank you, young man. Come on. Thank you. somebody else. Others are coming right now. Clap those hands. You shall have. Come on, young man. That's right. Others are coming. Come on, somebody meet him down the aisleway. Come on. Bring it. Thank you, young lady. Others are coming. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, brother. Come on, that brother's walking down the aisle. Come on, God's word is a light. That's right, man. Stand with your friend. God's gonna bless all of you. Others are coming. Others are coming. Right. Come on. That's right. There are others. Y'all come minister to these young people at the altar. Yeah. That's where somebody else. Somebody else, you've got to leave the weeds. You've got to leave the weeds. We are not ashamed. Come on. I am. Thank you, young lady. Others are. Others are. Of the gospel. Of the gospel. Come on. Other young ladies are coming. Thank you, young lady. Look at God. Somebody else, you can have. God's doing something among this generation. God's blessing these young people. God's blessing. God's blessing right now. We are not ashamed. Come on. We are not ashamed. Thank you. Somebody else is coming. The soil does matter. 
soil does matter. Look at it. She said, I got to take this out of the pot, put it in some deeper ground because this is a really about to grow. And I looked at that little plant that was in that pot and it has become a big bush and a tree now. God says, I'm getting ready to repot some of you right now. I'm getting ready to take you up out of your shallow soil. And I'm about to do something supernatural. Somebody is about to spread and be blessed like you've never been blessed before. Come on and tell them I am not ashamed. Come on. We are we not, are not ashamed. Elder Tamika, Van Ellis, and others, to those of you that need God to repot your life, raise your hands. You need God to do something supernatural. You want, you want to commit to something greater than yourself. I need you to follow them down these aisles. Take them in the dining room. We're not taking them outside. Take them somewhere nice and cool in the dining room. And I want you to minister to them. And if you've not committed to something greater than what you're going through, God is about to do something. If you're here and you need to make that commitment, just turn around and follow us right down those aisles now. Come on and tell them I, we are not. Those of you, young men, God's... We are not ashamed. We are not ashamed. We Anybody else want to make that commitment? You want to join the church if you want to make that commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To those of you that want prayer, to those of you that want prayer, 
Come on and meet me at the altar. We are not. We are not ashamed. Everybody, put your arms around somebody's shoulders. Here's the good news. You're not going through this by yourself. I felt such a powerful anointing at this altar today. I saw young people embracing each other. Let me tell you something. Nobody's perfect. And we got to stop judging so many people and let God work it out. Let the word do the work. Amen. You leave it alone. Let the word do the work. And if God needs to condemn somebody, the word will condemn him. Come on. If God needs to do something, the word will do what the word has sent forth to do. The Lord says, I'm getting ready to repot some folk. I'm getting ready to uproot your shallow roots, place you in deeper soil. I'm getting ready to do the supernatural for you that only God could do. And I want you to know it doesn't matter what you've been through up until now. God's getting ready to plant you in some solid, good soil. Ooh, because trouble will come. But guess what? You'll still have joy. You'll still serve God. Amen, everybody. Lord, we thank you for this amazing anointed service. We thank you for reminding us that the soil does matter. Woo. We rebuke, we cast away every evil spirit that's trying to take away the word of God. We rebuke every shallow ground that will not allow the roots to go deep enough to last. We rebuke every thorny place that's full of weeds that's trying to choke off the anointing in our lives. And we stand on good soil, grounded, rooted in your word. We believe that the word will do the work. Thank you, Lord. Even as we pray for loved ones and others, we pray that the word will take root and do the work that it was sent to do. This is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so, say amen. Amen.
Put your arms around somebody and say, good soil. Tell them you're rooted, you're grounded, good soil of Listen, as you go back to your seat, we're going to offer the benediction right now. I invite you to come back Tuesday night as we get into the word right now. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And those who know the word shall take root this day. Say amen. 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 Greet somebody. Tell them I we are not ashamed. Yeah. Uh, uh, God bless you.